Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Second Act Actors. I'm your host, Dr. Janet McMorty, and I'm still a medical doctor simultaneously trying to pursue a career in acting. My guest this week is Richard Barlow. Oh, Richard, I have such a soft spot for him because we have a history, y'all. We got to be in a movie together. It's called Armchair Traveler. I never got to act in a scene with him, but we got to hang out, which was awesome. And he is now directing, producing, doing so much amazing stuff to enhance and amplify the film industry in Northern Ontario. It is so exciting. So he is a, I guess, like a first act actor. He went to theater school, but then quit that, got the old nine to five government job and then said, wow, this is not what I meant to be doing. We have a really emotional conversation about why that occurred. Uh, I'm really excited for you to hear it. And now he is acting, producing, and directing, making films, doing the thing, making the arts. And I am just so excited for you to hear his story. Please enjoy Richard Barlow. How did you get into the entertainment business? So I I feel like I'm kind of like cheating on this on on your podcast because I'm not I'm like first act actor then intermission second act other things and then third act back yeah. to it again because um, my whole life I wanted to be an actor grew up doing whatever I could um, that's what I went to school for was acting um and a lot of it was stage i i had i dabbled a little bit in film but a a lot of my experience um was was stage um and then i don't remember the year but i kind of fell out of it and kind of gave up on the dream um and then there was a chunk of time where I just wasn't doing anything. And then uh, a few years ago, I was like, okay, it's time that this, anything else that I'm doing doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's time to get back to it and and try again. And at that time I kind of started taking a different approach to it. um, Cause I think the reason I fell out of it was like, I hate auditioning. I hate, I hate doing audition after audition after audition and maybe booking one small thing uh you know in a good year there may be a couple roles but there are years where it's like yeah i got one one liner and that was it uh so when i came back to it i was like i'm gonna do my own thing and that's kind of how i got into like producing and directing and writing as well i mean i've always kind of written but like um just started making my own films because i was like I can put myself in my own stuff. I don't need to audition for that. I'll write the roles I want to play. Um, and then I, I really found a love for behind the scenes for the producing and directing aspect of it. Um, almost that I'm now doing that more than I'm, I'm acting, but uh, still, still writing parts for myself when I, when I want. That's awesome. I think, and I want to go back to kind of the early childhood days, but I want to just ask you quickly, because something you said just really, really resonated with me. We we hear it a lot. We in the industry hear it a lot, right? Make your own stuff. Cast yourself in your stuff. Create the, own ro- create the roles that you want. 
We hear it, but it's really hard to actually do it. You actually did it. Like, what was that? Was there something that kind of was allowed you to get up and over the hump of somebody saying, create your own stuff, Richard? And you're like, okay. And then you actually did. Because so many people don't. And I'm not saying that in a negative way about people. It's just really hard. Like, what's the secret sauce? Uh, I don't know what the secret sauce is. I'm kind of stumbling my way through everything. And it just <laughs> kind of, luckily, I seem to be stumbling forward. Um, uh, I think for me, it was because I did hear that all the time, even like before when I wasn't doing it. And there was that element of, okay, great. You say I should do that. But how, when, like, what do I do? So, so in like my first time of acting, I considered it, but I never really kind of like a lot of other people. I, I didn't do it. And for me, it was just, I was frozen in like, but how, um, and then this next kind of time around when I was like, okay, I'm, yeah. I'm actually going to do it. I needed I, to think of like, okay, I, I know how to act. I, I've taken years and years and years of classes. And not that like you ever stop learning how to act. You should always be taking classes or workshops and stuff. But I was like, I need to focus my education on how, how do I become a filmmaker? Because yeah. it's easy to just turn a camera on and film yourself and write a script. I mean, not that it's easy. It's it's hard to write a script and but like almost anyone can flick the camera and yeah. start recording themselves doing things. But I was like if I want to make legit films for myself to star in because I I don't want to just keep recording myself setting up a camera in my basement and recording myself doing a monologue. Uh I I want to make films and be an actual character in a world and and create a film. I need to educate myself on how to be a filmmaker, how to be a director, producer, and stuff. Um, uh, and I think that's yeah. kind of been the thing that's paid off, is that when I started making things, people were like, oh, this is kind of legit. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, when I started, and still some of my things are, are not great, uh, I am still learning. Um, but there there is that extra aspect of like, oh, this isn't completely amateur. This really? is a guy who who has a bit of knowledge about filmmaking behind him. Uh, so when I make things that I put myself in, people can watch it and enjoy it rather than just friends being like, yeah, that's that's you doing your thing. Do you think that came with, like, t- time and maturity? Like, that to me, it says it says wisdom, right? It says great wiseness and maturity. It's like, it's not amateurish. It's not like that when we're young, oh, kids these days type of thing. But there is a bit of that mentality, right? Like now you have not only street cred, but like book cred. Yeah, I think because when I was younger, I, did, I was doing the things that I said about of just setting up the camera and doing something and be like, good job, me. But then at the end of the day, it again was just me doing a monologue in front of a camera. Um, and then I think... Even in that time off, I I watched a lot of films and I and I saw a lot of other people doing things, and and there was that time and I guess kind of yeah wisdom of just growing up and understanding more of like oh my stuff needs to be like this in order to be taken seriously in order to you know I don't just want to make little tiny projects I want to one day be able to make a full, whether it be a feature or a TV show or something like that, 
that I can then put myself in because that's the dream is to star in a feature or star in in a TV show. But in order to get there, I, I need the the portfolio to <clears throat> to have people let me make those things. <clears throat> um, and yeah, so I think it, I think it was just a matter of time because I, I I can't even say. What it was that made it kind of click for me, I think it was just kind of that time off, me figuring out the world a little mm. bit more, and then being like, okay, this is, I think, the way I need to go with it. Take me back to those times. So first I want to hear about, like, I find people who were, quote, first act actors really fascinating, because a lot of us, and this vein travels through most of my episodes, had well-meaning adults, parents, guardians, whatever, when we were growing up as theater kids, creative children, saying cute, but that's not reasonable. It's not reasonable or rational to go into theater school. Did you feel that at all growing up? Because you went to theater school, you did it. Uh, Yeah, I I was very lucky that my parents were very supportive. They were like, this is what you want to do, then you go for it. Uh, Uh, Kind of the only thing... Because originally I wasn't even going to go to school. I was like, I'm going to move to the city and I'm going to be an actor. Um, And my parents' only thing was like, go to school. Just at least do that. It can be theater school. You can go for acting. uh, But just go. Um, Which which I love that they did because that's where I made so many connections, learned so much. You know, when you're young, a young teenager, I'm like, I'm a good actor. I know all there is to know. And then, like, first day of classes, is like, I know nothing. Um, so, so it is, it's good. I like that they pushed me there. Um, yeah, yeah, they, they, they were they always, always very supportive. Very. They were never like, well, let's, you know, let's focus on some other job. And then you can do acting on the side. Their, their only thing is, like, knowing how hard the industry can be good. and knowing the likelihood of making it, they were... I think that's why they wanted me to go to school there. Like, get other experience, do other things so that, like, you ha- you do have a fallback. But go ahead and pursue this. Um, and, yeah, I was just, I was very lucky to have them be like, you do your thing. That's really awesome. I think it's it's interesting what you said about, again, that finding your plan B. And I think a lot of people had that experience of, you need a backup plan. You need a backup plan from, again, well-intentioned people. But I think you're right. It comes from that intention of, I think we hear it as, you're telling me I can't follow my dream. But truly what it is, is like these people care about us so much that they don't want to see us hurt, knowing what exactly what you said, knowing how hard the industry is. Just like, I just want to protect and protect and care. Yeah, it's that intention of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's and and I appreciate it too because um, uh, I knew I, like, like even when I was young and dumb, I knew that I could never be the starving artist. I mm. I knew that was not the life for me. I have so many friends that were just like, I'm gonna act, I'm gonna pursue it, I'm, and that's it. And if I'm not making money for a while, well, I'll figure it out. From day one, I was like, no, I need to have a job. And I'm going to figure auditions out around that job. And if I book something and I need to quit that job, that's fine. But I, I've I, never been fully unemployed. I'm going for acting. Uh, um, because I, I know I, I know how I like to live. 
I can't do it without money. Um, so uh, it, it was nice too that my parents kind of built that part into me of like, yes, pursue your dreams, but always be working, always be, you know, always be putting something into your nest egg as well while you're doing it. I think that's such an interesting interesting thing because we hear both sides of the argument, right? I don't know if you have probably have, right? I've heard, okay, if you're not fully committing to acting, you're never going to do it because your energy, you can't put energy in different pots. It and then it'll dilute your energy. You have to have your energy all in one pot. But then my logical brain is very similar to yours saying, no, like, sure, that's for some people, but that's not for me. Because if I was to do that, there'd be a level of desperation because I know how I like to live. And if there was a desperation there and I was relying solely on my art and acting to provide for my life, I just wouldn't, it just wouldn't be art anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think the more it becomes yeah. a job uh -huh. job, then okay. it it kind of takes it out of it. And I think that's kind of why I quit after a little while <sighs> is I was getting to a point. I was still working. Like I still had, you know, of course, the, the actor. I was a server. Um, it was getting yeah. to a point where, where I was starting to like pay bills with acting and getting quite a few things before I quit. They weren't necessarily the things that I wanted. They were jobs that I was like, I'm taking it for money. Um, but I did find the second that it became, I need to take this job because I need the money. Um, even though I had the other job on the side, it was still like, well, money. Um, it, it lost all the kind of fun and and passion for me i and i found my passion really start dwindling uh back then when it was kind of more of a, a regular job thing right. um and so i just took that time and and now coming back to it you know it is more of a regular job now again yeah. but i think yeah. because i've i've gotten into the the producing and directing and writing side of it as well there's so much going on that I haven't lost that passion because there's something new Ugh. all the time. And, and when it's a project of my own, the passion is kind of always going to be there because it's my passion project. Yeah. Uh, whereas I found always taking roles in somebody else's thing. Not that like I'll never do someone else's project ever again. I'm not saying that. Uh, oh. But when it was like constantly that, that's when I started being like, this isn't the story I want to tell. This isn't, the character I really care about. This is me taking a paycheck. Um, and, and so I started losing that. And that's kind of one of the reasons why I slipped out of it for a little while. Um, and now yeah. being back and doing my own stuff and keeping that passion alive. Now I don't no, mind I doing other things and other characters um, and stuff yeah. because the passion that's is back. Bad. And I keep, I keep the spark and the flame going through my own stuff that it carries yeah. me through doing other projects that aren't my own passion projects. And I think as well, seeing how it is on the producing and directing side, I can, I can then appreciate someone else's passion project even more oh. because I know what, what it takes to, to make it and to pour your all into it. Um, so not that I didn't respect that in the past, 
But I think now I just understand it more. So I'm like, I can bring more passion to someone else's project because I know what they're putting into it. Oh my gosh, that is so interesting and powerful. I think, like, it's funny, I was having this conversation with somebody yesterday who's gotten into producing and writing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they were saying something very similar that they didn't even realize how much (laughs) we as actors think we're like the center of the universe in a project. And as soon as you get yourself out of the self-absorption of that and you see everything else around you building this masterpiece, the appreciation you have fuels your work as an actor. And it's, I hate to use the word humbleness, but maybe that is it, right? Like you get a bit of humility about your work because you're so much more, again, great wises and maturity about what's going on in the world, Exactly. Yeah. And I think, you know, not that I never want to like be little actors or anything like that, but, but, but yeah, stepping back now, I see some actors and and still have friends who are, uh, you know, very much just the actor and that's all they want to do. And that's, that's fine. Um, but they, they still sometimes talk like they, they are it for that film. That is, they're the only thing that's needed. And I'm like, oh, you have no idea. The actors Just, make the movie. Like, not that you're a tiny, co- you're not the smallest cog in this machine, but you are the exact same size yeah. as all the other cogs that are working. Mm. Um, and they, yeah, there's just, there's this, I don't want to call it ignorance because they don't, like, you don't know what you don't know. You've never, yeah. it, many actors haven't been behind the scenes in that way so they don't know um but yeah it is just funny it is funny i think to to see some actors still thinking that they are like i am this film and it's like oh there are there are so many parts that you have no idea that you would not be here on this set without those things Mm -hmm. take me back to not so much the time when you were out of the industry but i'm curious about the drive to get back in like tell me about that time when you said okay i think i want to re-enter the craziness yeah so i had uh when i quit it was kind of like i'm quitting like there was no intention it wasn't i'm taking a break Mm. it was i'm done this isn't for me it's not what i thought it was um i'm gonna live a normal life and uh you know i'm gonna get my government job and do my nine to five and and, you know, do what they tell you you should do whenever you tell people you're going to be an actor. Um, and yeah. it took a little while. I was in the funk for a few years. And then um, it, it was only a matter of time before I was like, well, this isn't me. I need I need to get back. I can't not. Um I said I quit, and yet every day since I quit, I think about the things I want to do. I think about the stories I want to tell. I think about the roles I want to play. Um, and as much as I said I quit, there was always that thing in the back of my mind that was like, well, this job can be temporary, because if I ever book a role, well, then I'll just go do that. Even though I wasn't auditioning and I had quit, there was still always that voice in my head being like, this you're an actor you're uh at the time i didn't have a you're a producer writer director in my mind but 
there was just always that voice being like, this isn't what you should be doing. Um, and then there were like, there were a few things that kind of made me be like, okay, it's, I'm, I'm going back. Um, there was, you know, the one that we won't get into too much. There were some toxic people in my life that were kind of keeping me down, um, Mm -hmm. who then were out of my life. Uh, so that kind of weight had been lifted off of me. Um, there was, uh, just the general drive Why? to do it because like I, I couldn't sit back any longer it was just like i'm gonna go crazy and my mental health really started uh when i look back i didn't know what it was i was having panic attacks a lot and i was Oof. doing things and kind of looking back i was like it, i think it was because i felt trapped like Oof. i felt this is not the life i should be living um this i'm not the sit at a desk from nine to five guy uh i, I need to have something creative um Why? And then I think a, a real big factor in kind of being like, okay, this is, it's time, um, uh, was yeah. when my oh, wife got pregnant like, and I was going to have a son. And I was really, I was yeah. thinking one night, I was like, can I God, honestly God. tell him to chase your dreams, to never yeah. give up on what you want in life if I gave up on my dream? <sighs> so I was just like, even if I fail, I want him to see... I never gave up chasing what I wanted. Oh, oh, you got me all emotional. That's, <laughs> that's so powerful, isn't it? Right? I think we can wax poetic about one life, one life, one life. But we truly need to wax poetic that there only is one life. Yeah. I. It's that whole idea of, oh, you know, in another life, I'll be an actor. Like, well, you don't. I don't know. You can think whatever you want, religious-wise, spiritual-wise, whatever. What other life? Yeah. I think, what a model for the next generation to see. Like, that's just beautiful. Has has there been anything that has been surprising coming back into the industry now after a bit of a break? Um. I don't know if there's surprising about the industry. I mean, there's lots of things I'm learning about the industry. <laughs> the surprising thing for me was how much I enjoyed being behind the camera. Uh, my whole life, I was, you know, I was, I was the actor. I was like, I need to be center stage, spotlight, uh, all eyes on me. I need the attention. Um, and then the more I started getting behind the scenes, the more I was like, well, I like, I really like this back <laughs> here. Um, I'm okay. There's still the actor part of me that like, you know, a lot of people don't, don't think of the writer and producer when they're like, this movie was so great. The acting was phenomenal. Um, and you know, the directing was great. I, I do the directing as well for a lot of my stuff, but like it, everyone is like, oh, the acting, the acting, the acting, the acting. Um, it's, there is still that little bit of the actor in me. That's like, no, me me i did things too um but i am okay taking a seat back and being like the important thing is you love the movie it was my movie so great um and i had a lot a lot of the people closest to me um when i started doing the behind the scenes stuff and started producing and directing they were like you were always a passionate actor that was always like what we loved about you was your passion for acting they were like but we have never seen 
your passion so strong as when you started creating your own stuff? It's so interesting to hear that again, because it's a, it's a medical quote and I'm going to butcher it, but it's like the, the start, the origin of most maladies is self-absorption because we're just so unaware of our surroundings and the people around us. And I say that because like these people who are so observant of you to observe that in you, what that, what did it feel like to hear that? That was, um, I think that kind of thing is, is what gets me through the hard time. Cause there's so many things, you know, not only as a starting actor, but then you add starting filmmaker to that, which is a whole other crazy industry to try to get into. So I'm like trying two impossible paths. Um, so whenever those things happen that kind of beat me down or discourage me uh, or anything like that, I, I it's moments like that that kind of keep me going of like, you know, I other people see the passion and appreciate the passion. Uh, and the people closest to me are like, yes, you do it because you're, it's clearly what you love. Um, so I'm, it, it helps get me through it being like, I, if I'm feeling this way, if I'm so passionate about it, that the other people see that, then I gotta be on the right path. I have to be doing the right thing. Yeah. Um, where it takes me, I don't, I don't know what that path is. But, like, I I must be on the right one, at least. Yeah. Well, and I think it's so interesting because we are very self-absorbed, but so is everyone else around us. So when other people around you who are self-absorbed, we all are, are witnessing that and comment on that, like, you know, it's not just you're passionate. You're passionate enough that these self-absorbed people are seeing that. Like, that's so, how cool. What yeah, a, what and, great and it's, it, it feels great to hear stuff like that because yeah. I know when I'm around passionate people like that, they can pull me out of my self-absorption. Yes. Um, it's like, man, this person lights my fire. Like, they, like their passion gets me passionate. It gets me revved up. So if I can be that for other people, amazing. Yes. Heck yes. I think that that in and of itself is, I think, the core in a, any industry, sure. But especially in the entertainment industry and especially in Canada, and I'm going to go even narrower knowing you're in Northern Ontario, especially in Northern Ontario, when it's these small industries that are fighting against juggernauts of, for your, in your case even, Toronto, LA, New York, we can't be anything else but hype men for everyone else in our little industry because otherwise it will just not happen. Exactly. And, and kind of like to that point is sort of what I've now started doing. Like I started my own production company a little over a year ago. Um, and the whole goal of my production company is, okay, I love that yeah. the North has been a great service industry for so many great projects. Let's start having some homegrown stuff. Let's start Ooh. producing our own stuff here. Let I want the community to know... If you're from here, a lot of people, when, you know, when you're from somewhere, that's where you want to be. Um, and especially up north, like yeah. we're four hours, five hours away from Toronto, depending on traffic. So like it, it, it's, a, it's a, a long enough way for people to just pick up and move, especially like for auditions. 
you get like I've had callbacks where it's like my callbacks ten minutes, and I spent the nine hours today driving for that. Yeah. Um. So like I I want the industry to grow here, not just as a service industry because when it's a service industry they already cast everything before they get here and then Mm -hmm. they come here and it's like here's a couple small roles that we left for locals. Uh-huh. And I want like no like let's have, let's have a full industry here and not just a service industry, uh, and that's kind of my goal and kind of always, the the way I put yeah. it is I want film, to be just as accessible in our community as any other one of the arts because like you have, you have community theater you have music everywhere if anyone in the community is like I want to get into theater. There's so many places they can go to kind of do that. Uh, I want to get into music. Again, so many routes they could take within our community. I want to get into film. Good luck because Mm. these, these big productions that are coming up here, they're taking experienced people. If you don't have experience, they're bringing, so they have the money to bring someone in. So like, how does somebody without traveling all that way to go to film school uh, to go to to all these things in in the big cities that are far away, how does somebody just dip their toes into film? Um, uh, and so I, I'm working with some people and trying to develop some. I'm not starting a film school, but trying to develop some programs of like, are you interested? Okay, come test it out. Come be on a small set and and learn what that's like. And then from there, if you're interested, then then it's not as big of a move if you want to go down to Toronto or somewhere else to go to film school. But to make that decision without having any sort of experience or knowledge, it can be daunting for people. So I, I want to try to build up. I want to make big projects myself, of course, but I also want to keep a small kind of community film base that people can come and learn. Um, because then it also, like we said, when when those actors who, when they're like, make your own things, and, and there's that freezing moment of like, but how? I kind of want to to be somewhere, be a hub that those people can come and be like, show me how to make that first movie. Once you make your first one, then it kind of is easier to roll along. Um, But thinking about how frozen I was for so long, that not being able to make my own stuff. I'm like, if I had somewhere to go that wasn't like, hey, give us thousands of dollars. Give us this much time. Give us this this you have to travel this far away from home to do it if there was something more local where i was where i could have just gone and been like how do i do this i think i think my career would have started way earlier had i had that uh so if if i could kind of be that for other people that's that would be golden that is so it's inspiring and i think what i really love especially as someone who came into this later in life as all of my listeners are basically what I find in this industry is. And again, I know this word gets thrown around all the time, the word gatekeeping, but it's so hard to get in without being scammed. But it, it because there are so many gatekeepers, it's like, I can see everyone playing in the playground over there and I want to get in, but I can't. And what I love about what you're doing is you are get. You're getting rid of those gates. Saying like, yeah, it. 
It's not like there's a gatekeeper with malintention saying no one's allowed to play. It's just everyone, I don't know, no one has the, I don't know, time or energy, who knows. But there's so many people who I think want that, as you said, and hell yeah, bring people, especially from non-urban centers, to learn how to do this. Hell yeah, I love this. Yeah, Yeah, gatekeeping is is tough. It's tough with acting... And then, like, yeah. filmmaking is a whole other... Oh, I can imagine. Like, I thought acting had a lot of gatekeepers. Filmmaking has, like, bigger, stronger gates. Uh. Um, and, and yeah, I think, you know, some of my passion and drive is a little driven out of spite. Uh, Hell it's yeah. like, you won't let me go play in your playground? Fuck you, I'm going to make my own playground. Yep. And I'm going to let anyone play there. <laughs> um, and And I think... I also, like... Again, getting into into the producing side of things, I I do get it in a way. When I have a bigger production, I don't want people who don't know what they're doing. When like when I have yeah. like maybe a million dollar and that that's still a tiny budget, but if I had a million dollar film, I don't want to waste any of that time teaching people. I'm I, I'm fine having like assistants or trainees on set to observe and learn, but like also in my understanding of like I. I get why producers, why big productions don't let anyone on. I understand that. That's kind of where my training, like intro to film ideas came from is like, I get that, but I don't just want to tell people, no, I want to tell people you're not ready for this part of the playground, but we have this other playground over here where you can kind of learn how to play. And then absolutely you can come join us Uh, rather than just being like, no, you can't come in. Yeah. I want to give people that, that step to, to get there. I love that. That's so exciting. Do you have any advice for people? Not so much, you know, first time filmmakers or anything, because you know, you've, you have this incredible program you're building, but I'm more interested in, again, that people who, maybe did take a break like you did and are thinking very similar to what you were feeling. Do you have any advice for them, either getting back into the industry or finding their passion again? Um, It's tough. Finding your passion again, I think is, I don't know that there's necessarily any one size fits all advice for that because everyone's different. Everyone's passion is, is driven by something else, comes from a different place. So yeah. what's going to respark that? is different for every person. But if you, I'd say take the baby steps and maybe take the, <laughs> this, this, I normally say this in a harsh way to people, but I don't mean it harsh. It's like, educate yourself. But like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but take those, you know, the reason why I was like, okay, I think these are the moves I need to make is because I kind of did it without even thinking about doing it. But like when I was out of it and still always had that little voice in the back of my head, I would still always be like, oh, this YouTube video of how to make your own thing. I'm going to give that a watch. And just enough of those of like, you know, and if you could do it purposely and not like me, that was just kind of clicking without thinking. Like if you were like this, I think this is what I want to do. You know, take those little steps of just learning about what it would take to do that. Because I found that that really started re-engaging me of like um 
you know, I'd watch YouTube videos of people talking about film. And actually that's kind of what I, what got me back was, you know, I'd watch YouTube videos of people talking about making films. And then I was like, man, I love this stuff. I'm going to start my own YouTube page of just being a regular guy talking about what I think about films. Um, and then that YouTube channel kind of picked up some steam, uh, enough to get picked up, uh, as a TV series for a little while. Uh, so I had my own TV show that I had creative control over where, yes, I was just talking about films, but then in doing that, I, I was kind of like, I have a TV series. I need to do something with it. And then I started doing like little segments that were just like almost short films in a way. Um, and then, you know, I think one or two of those and people being like, Hey, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. What you did there. Uh, yeah. that's yeah. what I was like. I yeah, I want to do that. That's, that's the route I'm taking. And I think that was really the wake up of like my, Why my drive was back. My passion was back, but that, that was me figuring out like, Oh, that's, that, that's yeah. the route I want to take. Uh, that's the final push. Or not the no, I had the push, but that's that. the me knowing which way to face while I'm getting pushed, sort mm, of thing. Yeah, that's so cool. I love that. Do you have any favorite moments on set? Any favorite or funny or memorable moments on set? Um, on what set, I, I I don't yeah, yeah I don't think I have enough true experience out there to have like any like real stories that like stand out as like this is a story that you should hear i have stage stories uh but i i don't uh i like stage stories i don't think i think on set story would be uh like the the craziest thing was just armchair traveler which which you were in as well Mm -hmm. we never uh got to do a scene together we were separated um but that was that was my first starring role in a feature um so every day was crazy on that one because i it was just like up until that point i had done like i have a scene in something with a few lines but this is like every day i'm getting there and it's like it's you you got especially that film like uh what what the film is is it's a lot of just me uh so like every day was crazy because it was just like it was so fun. It's it's a weird mix of like, this is so fun. This is the atmosphere I love to be in. But also I'm shitting my pants because this movie re- is is on my shoulders. Um, and yeah, so I think not a specific story, but just like, uh, yeah. And then, yeah, stage. If you want a stage story, I got yes, millions please. of those. Give me a stage story. But also, first off, congrats on Armchair. Like, it's just fabulous thank you yeah you, have just, you seen it i've seen little clips mm-hmm. yeah i'm still waiting for the final final yeah. thing but i've seen little clips and it just is like oh it's, it's i hate as a side when i was in medical school we were taught saying you're proud of someone is very patronizing and i've like tried to deprogram myself from that because it's like what else am i supposed to say to someone when i'm like i'm so proud of you with that film like and, and sure maybe some people take it as patronizing but you're like there's so much pride i have being like i know that guy he's doing it 
Hell thank yeah. you so much. And and I think yeah, thank you. That means a lot. And um I I think the opposite if that's a thing in in the medical world, I think the opposite. Saying you're proud yeah. of someone is the highest compliment you can give. Um, you know, there's so many people that I can say, "Great job. You did great. You nailed it." If I can look at you and be like, "I am so proud of you." That yeah. is I think the highest praise you yeah. can get. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Okay, I want one stage story. Okay. The one that always comes to mind when people are like, what's the craziest thing that ever happened? It was early <laughs> on in my acting career. Uh, we were doing uh, a murder mystery, uh, just like an Agatha Christie play. And we had we were into the final act. Everything was about to be revealed. And there's one character who has like a big monologue, like a multi-page monologue of like ratting people out or like kind of calling like giving all the like twists and turns and information with like little introductions from other characters but like it's their yeah. character oddly oh, not the no. detective but oh, uh, it's just an, not... <laughs> uh it was just another character that was kind of like i'm gonna drop the ball on this and kind of uh <laughs> drop the ball is funny because he um he was a, a pretty green actor i think this was his first show ever um, and he is about to deliver the monologue, says, gets about a sentence into it. And you see the free, the actor freeze oh. that like you recognize of like, mm-hmm. oh no, he forgets. And, you know, there are different ways you learn the more experience you have as an actor of like, how do I deal with that? How do I like, you know, maybe say some things that aren't my lines to try to figure out how to get back there. Do I just take a breath? Do I turn around? Like, is there a way that, like, the audience will never know? But, like, is there something that can trigger that in me? He had not learned any of that yet. So we see him freeze, and he just goes, I'm sorry. Walks off stage. Leaves. And from where I'm standing, I can see that he's not going to get his composure. He, like, he walks into the wings, and he exits. And... There's just, there's a moment of me and I think two other actors that look at each other of like, we're going to have to improvise this final act and get all this information out to the audience. And we just kind of start going and rewrite the entire show. Um, And it it wasn't the entire final act. It was like probably about 15, 20 minutes of us being like, we're going to get the information to get us back to where we need to be to really hit the finale. Um, and we, I don't know if we pulled it off. I didn't talk to any of the audience afterwards to be like, did you know? Um, it felt like we pulled it off. Um, God bless the actor who left because once we got it back on track, he just awkwardly walked back on stage. Like he had come out of the green room and just like slowly trickled back on stage and oh, then continued no. the rest of the play with us. But yeah, there yeah. was there was a moment of like he's he him leaving cuts like five pages of the most important information in this show that yeah. we need to figure out how to naturally tell the audience without breaking character, without doing something that's out of character. So I have so much anxiety by proxy right now. <laughs> like, I, one, 
I feel for like literally everyone in that scenario, right? Like you feel for you guys still on the stage, the poor actor, right? Who's just must just feel. Did you feel? And this is kind of this. I don't know if it's selfish, but like afterwards, when you got through it, were you like, "That is acting. We are actors. We did it." Yeah. So <laughs> yes, and it's weird. Because, like, doing that and improving that, I'm like, I am the greatest man that's ever graced the stage. I am Michael Caine. Yeah. And, and yeah, so there was that. And it's like, man, improving a show is great. And then later on in my career, I started doing more improv. And, like, that was what was getting me paid a lot when I was living in Toronto. Mm. And I hated it. I hated doing improv. But having to fix a show through improv i love which maybe t- was telling me all along that i should have been a producer director oh, problem so fixer yeah that like it, it wasn't necessarily the improv of it i loved being like this thing is broken i'm gonna start putting it together again and make mm. everything okay um so yeah, yeah so i i think that was maybe the first it's sign fun. that i then ignored for another 15 years <laughs> um but i, I will also Probably say advice like to anyone out there like if anyone's listening that's getting into acting or take improv no oh. matter what take improv it will come in handy you know you don't have to do like what i did and start making a bit of a career out of it um but you need to know how to do it and you need to be comfortable thinking on the top of your head so like advice to actors always at least have some improv classes that you've taken yeah i will never stop recommending improv it was how i started it is the ultimate cool under pressure and the ultimate trust in your fellow actors that they have your back and that's probably the most powerful thing like i literally could heal the world i think oh 100 (laughs) percent. yeah oh my gosh okay do you have anything you're looking forward to coming up this year? Oh God, so many things. Yeah. Um, there's yeah, there's a lot that we're working on right now. I, I've kind of teamed up with with some <laughs> other uh, aspiring filmmakers in town. Um, we have a lot of projects that we're we're working on. Um, again, a lot of them to just kind of build our portfolio so that we can get bigger things. There is. <laughs> something that i don't think i can talk about yet uh i had a meeting literally just yesterday about it where it kind of got the green light um so stay tuned for that i can't really say much about but yes i think there's a lot in 2024 that uh if all goes according to plan 2024 seems to be kind of the the leaping pad of like Okay, 2025 is is hopefully when it's like, this is what I do now. Mm, this is mm-hmm. not just uh, me trying to start again and, and, and take this new path. It's like, no, this is, I'm not on the path anymore. I'm on the road, if that makes sense. I don't know. No, um, totally. Like, it's, it's, it's the train is, is going and mm-hmm. we'll keep going. It's left the station and we'll just chug along. I think so many people, especially newer aspiring actors have oh i'm just gonna say it's kind of rude delusions of grandeur and the speed that which they think they need to be going and i think a lot of it comes from sheer panic of 
feeling like they're behind the eight ball and need to rush to catch up, especially older actors. But I think it's truly that slow and steady wins the race and you just keep building and building and building. Like you were saying, you, you start with your shorts, you start building your repertoire, your reputation to get yourself where you need to go and know that it'll happen. Because I think so many people get discouraged. They'd see 2024 as a as a leaping like a leaping pad, like you said, for 2025. Being like, no, I want to be there now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was something I really had to to work on with myself. Is I was yeah. I've always been very like, well, this doesn't happen immediately. Is it going to happen? Mm. Um, and it's I think it's probably one of my biggest challenges in myself is telling myself like, slow down. It's okay. We're building towards it. Yes. Um, you know. It, I always said, I think from, from, I don't know, that being a teenager, maybe even earlier, that like, by 25, I'm going to be a fully working actor. Like, that's when my, and then, I think 25 is, I think, the year I gave up. Um, And then, uh, and yeah, and now, now I don't put an age on it. I'm not like, by 35, I'm going to, like. I don't, I don't have that. Um, but there is still, especially as you said, with, with older actors and like, and doing this in kind of like a later stage in life, there's so many people that I'm like, man, you're 18 making films. I should have started when I was 18 and now I'm so behind. And this producer on this project, on this big project that I worked on is younger than me. And... I, so it took them this amount of time to get there. Well, that means I'll be this age, but by the time I get there and I kind of need to get out of my head with that of like, that's okay. It's, Uh it's okay that like, you know, you you just got to look at things like Morgan Freeman getting his first role when he was like 50 or something like that. Like, um, yeah, there's just always those reminders and, but there is, there's always that kind of like ticking in your head. Of like, well, I'm not getting younger. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've seen the movie on Netflix, Tick Tick Boom, with no. Andrew Garfield. No, but I've it, heard it's of the it, whole yeah. it's the whole thing of like the the title Tick Tick Boom is because he hears this ticking in his head of like, I I need to do time's running out. I need to I need to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, in in the movies about Jonathan Larson, in his case, he did because he ended up. <laughs> yeah uh passing away really young but like i get that whole movie i was like i yep this is you are putting into words what's constantly going on in my head yeah of like yes i need to go slow but also hurry up (laughs) well and i think yeah time is ticking away but it is while you are doing it you're doing Mm -hmm. the thing and i think i know i'm guilty of this as well too of looking at my past and saying, oh, if only I had done this, 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 I'd be so much further ahead. But I can't remember who, you know what? I think it was Jesse Griffiths, the casting director, who really like rocked my noggin and was like, you know, all your your past experiences never go away. Like that has built you into who you are right now. And that makes you so unique compared to the 18-year-old who, yeah, sure, looks on paper and looks to society like they're this revolutionary success. But everything that you've done, including the break you did, including acting training, including everything you've done, being a server, everything, is 
the building of your foundation up until you hear who you are now. And thank God that happened. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't be doing what I'm doing now without all the various bits of knowledge that I picked up along the <laughs> way. Or I would be doing it, but I wouldn't be doing it. You know, I don't, only time will tell if I'm doing it the right way yeah. now. But um, <laughs> I definitely wouldn't have been back then. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any final words of wisdom or advice? Um, I feel like we, we've touched on a lot of it. Um, oh my God. It's been um, pure Educate gold. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> take your time. Um, all, all the things that we've been talking about is kind of, is what seems to be working of like, <laughs> it's, it's okay to jump into something head first because you get that experience, but know that uh -huh. if you jump in head first, you're probably going to bonk your head. Um, so it's okay to take the time to educate yourself and start dipping your toes so that you really know how to handle the waters. Because um, I think a lot in the past of, of what wasn't working and what was discouraging me was the rushing into things. Um, so I think the, the, the word of advice is, is take your time and really plan out your steps carefully and yes. do the work to know where yeah. you should be stepping, when you should be stepping there. Um, because it's also, you know, now again, also being on the producer side of things, if, if you go to a producer without having done the work and think that you can jump in, they don't like that. <laughs> um, I, there are people that have come and been like, Hey, I am semi interested in this. Can you give me the biggest role on set? Because I think I deserve it. And I think do the, please one day. Yes. But do the work. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And thank you, Richard, for being my guest this week. Thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy schedule, doing all the cool stuff up there in northern Ontario to make the film industry that much bigger, better, brighter, and all the good things. Oh, I hope you will all tune in next week for another episode of Second Act Actors. Bye.